and welcome to Story Guts. This is where we explore what the stories we tell tell about us. I'm Molly Curran. And I'm Alice Lai. And thank you for listening. Uh, we've had a little bit of a hiatus, an unintentional hiatus, um, mostly brought on by my internet just refusing to work and that I traveled for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, we have half of like a lost episode that sort of ends with us going, Hey, I can't hear you. Are you frozen? What's going on? Yeah, it's not great. So we're going to try it again uh, and hopefully come up with a little bit more to say, um, or at least hopefully the internet won't just like be like, nah, this isn't good. I'm just going to stop you there. <laughs> oh, stop no. you 20 minutes in. Like, Meh. The internet's going to Kanye us. <laughs> um, so what we're talking about this week um, sort of as a continuation from our last episode three weeks ago, which was Game of Thrones based, but also just as I think a, a topic that there's a lot to be said about is dragons. Yeah, dragons. Um, those classic scaly lizards that breathe fire. Um, so were you, were you, a before this, before we started recording, Alice was asking me if I knew someone in high school who was really into dragons. Um, were you really into dragons? I don't think I was like more into dragons than the average dragon. Like, I think Molly said something that was like, everyone who likes fantasy was into dragons, which is like true. But like, there was, I feel like there was someone who was just like, super duper duper into dragons. It's kind of like, um... The stereo, like, you know, they would have, like, they would get, like, a dragon nomicon, and they'd have, like, their whole, like, fantasy universe world of, like, which dragon types there were, but, eh. Yeah. I mean, I knew, like, girls who had, like, you know, my their dragon necklaces and their dragon, uh, I don't know, like, posters up on the walls and stuff like I, that. I guess that would kind of, it's basically, like, the same relationship to dragons as, like, the stereotypical, like girl to horse relationship <laughs> like i don't i don't want to like stereotype um but like but like in that sense of like you got mm-hmm. a lot of dragon shit you're standing for dragons yeah i guess that's fair like you you have a statuette of a dragon on your bookshelf that's more than the average person has in terms of dragon merchandise it's true that i did buy a dragon like thing at a ren fair once but i will but i think it was a ren fair and that Very... doesn't make it better. <laughs> I feel like if anything. Well, no. It was, well, we went to Renfair as part of a class trip, and I was like, well, okay. I got to get something for to commemorate this occasion. So she's this very historically accurate dragon. Um, okay. I will say, if it was not your choice to go to the Renfair, then... Well, I would have... I mean, I mean, wanted... I, th- I think Renfair sound fun. I've never been to one. I'm not, but I am you saying, You haven't like, been to one. It does seem like a very, like... I'm a high school nerd. I'm going to the Ren Fair where I'm going to buy a dragon merchandise and like watch people jousting. Medieval times. I don't know. It's it's just like a very It's funny. No one has talked about Ren Fairs in a long time. I assume they're still going on. People are still making like chain mail. Maybe it's all migrated oh, to YouTube. Sure. No, no, it's no. All... There's definitely Ren Fairs. There's one around here, I think. Oh, cool. Well, you could always like fulfill your dream and eat like a vegetarian giant turkey leg. 
I will say, okay, I've not been to Ren Faire and I've not been to Medieval Times, but I have stayed in the hotel, I think it's called Camelot, in Las Vegas, in the basement of which they have a dinner theater thing where you eat, uh, you know, you get like a chicken leg and a bowl of soup and then they like have nights that like joust and stuff. That sounds exactly like medieval times, but yeah, with I like think the branding filed off. I think that's exactly what it is. <laughs> um, so I have been to that. Do you feel like um, medieval times people have been totally are like really angry at um, Game of Thrones, or do it, are they like really thankful? Like, I bet it's like brought in more traffic. Yeah, maybe? I would assume it would. It's like make made their thing more popular. But maybe um, they're like the. You know, the sanctity of, like, watching people pretend to be knights is ruined now that everyone's like, oh, Four House Baratheon. It's like, no, this is unbranded. I don't think they cared that much about the sanctity. I don't know that historians were, like, getting deeply involved in uh, medieval (laughs) times. Maybe I'm wrong. Again, I've never been to a medieval times, but I I was not wowed by the historical accuracy of Camelot. (laughs) <laughs> okay okay uh this has gone very Excalibur, far. maybe my the, the the hotel might have been called excalibur actually it seems it seems like rel- like related though something like, in that realm arthur um, never had any dragons though excalibur never slew any dragons wait did arthur do anything with excalibur other than just like hey i'm king now i don't know it's probably just his sword that he used for like killing people being a beheading yeah. Beheading. I mean, probably he was a medieval king, so he probably did kill some people. It just seems like you have a legendary. It's like, oh, you have a legendary sword. It's like, all right, I'm going to slice some people up with it. It's. It feels I like you should have like a legendary deed. Maybe and, like, it does. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I just I don't know that much about Arthurian legend. I will say in the television program Merlin, um, which was a very bad, entertaining show, from like twenty. 2008 to 2013 or something like that um in that show i don't know if arthur ever got excalibur actually i'm sure he did eventually i didn't finish the show you'd need excalibur but merlin was like a young hot dude arthur was also a young hot dude but merlin was like constantly getting advice from this big dragon so there was a dragon involved somehow i'm not really clear on how anymore okay no, let's but, uh, let's go back. Let's go back to dragons. We um we're we're really just depriving the dragon stands of our audience of hearing our thoughts yeah. on these. But I mean, I think it is telling that sort of our first thought when we're thinking about dragons is this sort of medieval vision of knights and dragons and kings. Um, it's the uh, sort of the basic model of your your dragon as maybe not necessarily as villain, but as sort of medieval fantasy creature um Mm -hmm. and part of this sort of chivalric uh um early kingdom building sort of storytelling structure yeah i think something that i found interesting about dragons was this model of like the knight with like a lance saving a princess from a dragon that um I I feel like I knew about this when I was, like, very young, like, Mm -hmm. five or six, but I didn't... It's interesting because there wasn't any archetypical story, like Three Little Pigs or Little Red Riding Hood. It was just something I knew about. Um, Right. And I don't... I mean, I'm sure there is some 
typical story that kind of started it, or there are a few. Um, I don't know if St. George, the English patron saint who slays the dragon, is saving a maiden in the process. Maybe. I'm not sure. But I do think you're right. Like, it became more of this thing that's been so just integrated into our understanding of, like, oh, that's, like, a fairy tale component of Mm -hmm. the knight slays the dragon to save the maiden. Um, And what we've actually seen most of the time at this point are like references to that, like subversions of that different kinds of takes on that. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe with the exception of, and I think uh, I've mentioned this before with the exception of sleeping beauty, the animated film um, from the, you know, the early, the first Disney movie. Um, no, so it's yeah. Nights, maybe the first Disney Snow movie, white. But, yeah. Snow white. Um, but sleeping beauty, early Disney movie where, you get the evil witch turns into a giant purple dragon and then the handsome prince fights the dragon to try and save the sleeping maiden. Yeah. Um, I don't really remember how that all goes. Does he slay, does he slay the dragon? Does he slay her? I I feel like he doesn't explicitly kill her, but she does like fall off a cliff to her death. Um, I think it's like a very classic Disney way to like kill someone without killing them. Yeah. Uh, But it's, it is interesting to me because it's like, even by like the very lax standards of children uh fairy tales like Rapunzel it's like Rapunzel was in a tower she let down her hair to some guy who came by and he climbed up and married her or rescued her mm-hmm. but like for dragons it's just sort of like one sentence it's like knight def- kills dragon for girl <laughs> or something right like it's not it's not a very gripping tale you're not like i don't know it, it the boat it's like you just have the bones you yeah. only have um which is probably why it's so rich because you like can build up whichever part of it that you're interested in building up, whether it's the knight, the dragon, or the princess. Um, right. Depending or on your three. tastes, or all three. Yeah, that's right. Um, do we do a thing on three sums yet? Not like no. love triangles. Love triangles. Yeah, we did, did love, one on love triangles. I don't Sorry. think that's a classic love triangle. The... <laughs> The princess, the knight, and the dragon. But I'm sure someone's done it. I am 100% sure someone's done it. Oh, absolutely. That's every every iteration of that has been has been expanded upon. Mm-hmm. So we have dragons as um, so we started with dragons as this like inimical, like just like villainous antagonistic force. Like right. I mean, and even if we're thinking, I don't. But I think I think not just pure beast is maybe like a, a clarification because it does seem like dragons I don't know when dragons sort of got the reputation of being like intelligent or um mm-hmm. you know they're they're more than just kind of a, a big scary monster. It's not like a giant bear or something. I don't know. Yeah. Why. Um, yeah no, so yeah. like you know in Sleeping Beauty it's maleficent in the taking the form of the dragon. Um and then in Lord of the Rings where the dragons are still, to my understanding, bad um they're like intelligent creatures but they're cunning even but they're just sort of um you know obsessed with their little hoard of gold and will kill anybody who tries to take it right yeah yeah no i think um intel dragons being intelligent or at least like savvy like they're it's it is like in lord of the rings it is not like actually i think shelob was maybe savvy or something but it is but people usually remember it as like, oh, giant spider versus like, oh, dragon that like 
he outsmarts or I don't know, maybe he just runs away from. But yeah, I think I think there there is a sense that dragons are they are like the you know the quite final boss. Like they are the the scariest. They're intelligent. Um, you still gotta kill them. There's no reasoning with them. But mm-hmm. uh, they're really just this um, like a lot of places. I mean, I think Game of Thrones uh, says this. Like they're like the embodiment of magic, embodiment of fire. Yeah, um, you can't really fire go made much. Flesh. Fire made flesh. There you go. You can't go further up the danger scale than dragon without getting into like uh divine or cosmic right like you're like oh well i don't know like an angel is more powerful and then you're like all right that's cheating that's like saying like oh you can kill a dragon can you kill jesus (laughs) um so (laughs) okay so i think this is so this is something that i um kind of was poking at uh in our in our first take um which was of, of dragons as like kind of being uh in the natural order like the only thing like putting humans in their place or representing the untamed wild, like representing like forces of nature or nature as like unconquerable and also just like aware. I think there's like a sense, like a lot of cosmic horror is like, Oh, like the stuff out there in the stars that like doesn't care about humanity, but accidentally like drive us nuts. And then Mm -hmm. dragons are like, no, we hate you. (laughs) Like, this is my turf. What are you doing here? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, this is my princess. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I think that that does make it interesting because I think to a certain extent, like, we are made to understand, like, dragons are sometimes, depending on the world, part of the the natural sort of magical ecosystem of that world. Mm-hmm. And so, like, maybe they do have certain rights to exist and shouldn't immediately be treated as villains. On the other hand, if they're going around, you know, scooping <laughs> up princesses people. and holding them hostage or whatever, then, like, that is a problem. Um, and the the question of sort of how to, how to manage that difficulty, I think, is something that a lot of contemporary fantasy is, is kind of working through, like, whether it's by making dragons more harmless or more intelligent um, or more human or Mm -hmm. by, um, you know, recognizing that they are, even if they are intelligent, even if they are whatever, they are extremely destructive. Um, And, you know, and, you know, my thoughts in terms of Game of Thrones, right, are that um, the dragons are complicated and they do have a complicated relationship with the world and with Daenerys. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think we... I don't know. I don't feel much emotional attachment to the dragons myself, but like, I understand (laughs) that Daenerys does. And so like, you know, you feel for her when things happen to her dragons. Mm -hmm. Um, At the same time, it's made pretty clear, I think in the series that like dragons are actually not part of the natural ecosystem of, of the world, that they are this sort of magic that has returned. That is um, the exact equivalent to the magic of the white walkers ice made flesh fire made flesh and that both of these are hugely destructive forces that need to not exist in order for um the world to actually be a safe place a safe place and like a, a place where people can thrive right um, i, I think... mean dragons plant no trees i think that's a a thing that is said at some point oh very wise which yeah uh, <laughs> uh that's a, i mean no i think i think that's really interesting because um 
I mean, there in a lot of fantasy novels, there's like this idea of like, oh, the age of magic is over, now is the age of man. Or mm-hmm. I'm just like kind of making that up, but you kind of get where I'm going for. Like mm-hmm. Ice Walkers, Children of Forest, Dragons in the Game of Thrones universe was like it was an unta- it was an era of like where anything could happen, but like kind of in a bad way. Yeah. <laughs> like a lot of really cool mythic shit, but like, you know, you, you could wake up tomorrow and you're just like, Well, you know, I've I've been eaten by a dragon. You will not wake up, but you know. Yeah. Um so this is, in a sense, like, I, I was returning to this idea of dragons as, like, um, so, like, on old maps or, you know, it says, like, here the, here there be dragons, which is now also a joke. But um, of dragons as, it was interesting, as something to be tamed, as something to be conquered, mm-hmm. as something that, I mean, in, in a sense of, like, as something guarding precious resources. Mm-hmm. Um, like, here there be dragons is not, like, here there be, like, death. Or like cyclones, <laughs> it was just sort of like it's really dangerous. With like, there's high risk, but also maybe high reward. Mm-hmm. We don't know. That mm-hmm. is a dragon. Um, and then as maybe, and what's interesting to me is like the even in Game of Thrones and in in some other books that we'll we'll probably get to, is the complexification of dragons as um, our relationship to the natural world has changed. Um, mm-hmm. Possibly like this. Going for, like, oh, yes, we kill the dragon and we, like, make dragon scale armor and, like, dragon gauntlets and, like, you know, cool dragon scrimshaws um, <laughs> has changed to, like, hey, like, what is, where is the dragon's place in relation, like, much more deep interrogation mm-hmm. of the dragons, mm-hmm. which is funny, you know, dragons aren't real, but, like, we're <laughs> thinking, but, like, we're thinking more deeply about, like, if they were real, like, the same way that we're looking at, like, okay, like, we have urban coyotes now. Um yeah. We have, you know, we have this, like, weird, we, we're kind of destroying the earth. Um, yeah. If dragons did exist, um, if, and, like, either, in either sense, I think there's one sense of, like, if dragons did exist uh, as, like, an imperiled natural, like, an endangered species, what yeah. would that look like? And other one was, like, if dragons did exist as an explicit check on human expansionalism. Like, we could yeah. not be, we could not actually build up cities because there's fucking dragons. Right. Or, and I, I mean, again, to just return to Game of Thrones, which I'm saying both because it's the most popular dragon franchise right now, and because I know a lot about it, and because George R. R. Martin has talked a lot about what the dragons mean. Um, and in that case, the dragons are in many ways representative of nuclear power. And mm-hmm. so what happens when you have dragons as a tool of war, which I think is mm-hmm. also something you see in quite a few different series. Um, Absolutely. Like a tool of war and conquest. What's what's really interesting to me is um, Harry Turtledub had a very similar uh, story, I think, where dragons also, I mean, dragons were explicitly like, man, I, it's, a, it's a very obvious parallel, but I know that mm-hmm. there's a couple fantasy series where dragons were like fighter jets or, right. um, nu- I mean, or explicitly like nuclear weapons, mm-hmm. like their dragon fire, like kind of salted the earth. You couldn't build anything on anything that had been, that had been raised by dragon fire. Um, and I think, you know, I think we are meant to feel different ways. So in those cases, were, were our heroes the ones riding the dragons? I, th- I mean, or it was it was or like the they... Harry Turtle Dove was like, it was like explicit, like fantasy World War Two. So we had people on both sides and we mm-hmm. had like the fantasy Nazis. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there is a, I, I think the actual, there was an actual nuclear weapon that goes off that is not like dragons, but. Okay. Yeah, I think um, I think I think it is complicated in that sense of like maybe you sh- we shouldn't have meddled with this. Yeah, 
Um, I mean, because I think that's so in in Temeraire, I think mm-hmm. that's what it's called um, by Naomi Novik, um, which is a series of books about um, sort of like alternate history where during the Napoleonic Wars, both sides of both England and France um, have dragons mm-hmm. um, and the dragons are highly, highly intelligent they are extremely bonded to their um, writers or their, I don't know if they, I assume they write them, um, to their, mm-hmm. whoever sort of is their companion, basically. Yeah. Um, and it's like this very deep, intense relationship. And they are, but they are weapons also um, that are used mm-hmm. to wage war. And I don't know to what extent um novick complicates that it's a long series i only read the first book it was fine um but i know people who really love it and um, <laughs> wow okay <laughs> i'm just like i liked uprooted better um okay of her of even her though uprooted uprooted was good but like man i was rooting for that lesbian relationship i know i know i know i know okay um but what was i saying Anyway, it doesn't, but yeah, like a similar thing where you're seeing um, dragons as as tools of war used by both sides, um, mm-hmm. and it's unclear to me how much that becomes a critique of, especially in something like the Napoleonic Wars, where you know it's not like you had Nazis, so mm-hmm. like you know, not not having Nazis is like a big one. I yeah, think. so it's it's sort of like <laughs> oh, what is what happens when you have this kind of destructive power that multiple sides are using? Everyone's escalating um, and ultimately being used toward um, conquest, colonialist expansion, imperialist projects. Yeah, um, which again, I think is basically explicitly what's happening in Game of Thrones. Interesting. Yeah, no, I think I think that kind of sheds light on another aspect that. Um, I kind of forgotten or glossed over is like dragons as like technology, basically. Mm-hmm. Like we, what you're talking about are, or when, and what I referenced with Harry Turtle Dove was like um, dragons as like the industrial age, um, mm-hmm. dragons of like the the understanding of how to leverage and um, what's that word? Not abuse. Uh, how to you? I'll just say utilize. Use. Utilize. Okay, there you go. How to utilize dragons more effectively to like you know, against other people with no dragons. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, who need their own dragons. Um, and then how do you have bigger and better dragons? Yeah. And more powerful dragons? <laughs> <laughs> right. We will, like, we cannot fall behind in our, like, dragon breeding um, uh, attempts. So so what, so it is actually quite interesting that we have just kind of these visions of dragons as, like, kind of standing in for the preoccupation of the time, whether whether that is like, you know, is the age of magic over? Or like, is the age of dragons over? Are we entering the age of dragons? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or like, um, where, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think that, that makes total sense. It also reminds me, there's a series called, again, I only read the first one. The first one's called Have Mercy, um, mm-hmm. where there are dragons but they're it's like steampunk dragons that are explicitly sort of like technology but also magic so they have personalities and they talk but they are mechanical and um and specifically again they're they're part of um war like they're a tool of battle that were created for battle 
Wait, they're steampunk. Okay, they they're intelligent though. You like you're like creating intelligent. Yeah, talking. so they're, they're yeah they're like they're they're magic, but they're mechanical. Um, okay. So they're not flesh and blood, but it seems like they can die. I'm not really sure. I don't remember it all that well. This is, but it was cool. This is a... I remember being like, oh, this is kind of cool. Now you're like combining like dragons and ro- like sentient robots. Yeah. Like the the sentient robot debate yeah. plus dragons. Plus nice. Dragons. <laughs> What happens to our android dragons? <laughs> right. Do android dragons dream of electric damsels? <laughs> no, that's cool. I mean, I, I think uh, luckily it's not as like biting off as much as our uh, very nobly attempted Greek mythology episode. <laughs> but but I think we're, we're really seeing the breadth of, yeah, like the breadth mm-hmm. of what people... Um, approach dragons and then how dragons have have kind of conveniently been able to stand in for a lot of like uh, and i think i think one thing that's interesting is that they're all very physical like there is no um just in a sense of like we we're increasingly concerned with like cyber security and stuff mm-hmm. maybe not for long maybe um global warming will finally uh shift that tip that in the other direction but mm-hmm. um you you have cyberpunk you have cyber like you know you do not have you don't have like digital dragons you do not have like social or neither do you have social social dragons like i think like for that we have like vampires or something Mm -hmm. or like pod Mm -hmm. people whatever reptilians i don't know i think vampires are the most are the best ones yeah Um, i mean i think i think what we're saying or what you're you're maybe saying is mm -hmm. that the the interest in dragons is part of an increased um interest that we've talked about in sort of complicating the monster um, mm-hmm. And using that as a way of, um, rather than just sort of this monstrous creature stands in for these social fears, but instead, like, what yeah. happens if we take up the point of view of the monster, or at least have some sort of sympathetic relationship to the monster, um, in order to complicate that? Um, but with with dragons there is something about the sort of massive power of them that it doesn't seem like the, the, um, you can't just say a dragon is like a person, right? Yeah. Like yeah. you can say a vampire is kind of like a person. Um, and you can make sort of <laughs> things about like discriminating against vampires Ugh, and yeah. you get into various problems with that, that we've discussed, but like it would seem <laughs> right. kind of ridiculous, I think to be like, Oh, you know, they're discriminating against dragons. Right. It's, it's fundamentally like, farcical right like if if you have like the like you know i think some fantasy novels have definitely messed with like PETA, like the PETA, but for dragons like stop killing these noble giant monsters and then they like get eaten or something Mm -hmm. and you're everyone's like ha 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 Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah so i don't i don't know um yeah 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 i mean that sounds (laughs) i mean i think i think it's definitely a good time to pivot into um like just sort of ex- any or any examples examples of any or all of these um, formulations that we've right. we've gone over. Um, I mean, so if we're if we're talking about, um, you know, if we want to sort of go back to where we started with this idea of of dragon girls, <laughs> the way there are yeah. horse girls um, or or <laughs> dragon, but I do I do think that that is totally a thing, and I haven't read. Um, a lot of these series, but right that you know, I don't know, Anne McCaffrey or yeah, Dragon Riders of Pern, and there's like 
dealing with dragons. That was a series yeah, I, I really liked. I think I read that one. Um, where there are these stories that that flip the idea of the the helpless um, maiden who is the becomes the sort of hostage in the dragon mm-hmm. situation to instead that the maiden is now the dragon, um, the dragon rider or the the companion of the dragon. Um, she finds strength in the dragon, and the dragon is intelligent and protects her, and but also is capable of being sort of discerning and not recklessly violent um, in the same kind of way. Which I guess actually now I'm saying you know like a lot of that is we can a lot, see a lot of that in uh, Game of Thrones, of course, um, mm-hmm. and in Daenerys, except for the recklessly violent part. Uh, <laughs> Well, I, I think that's, I mean, it's interesting in that, like, we have this kind of um, the brooding dragon boyfriend, mm-hmm. right? Like, um, but without the, I mean, minus the sexual element mm-hmm. uh, in, in the vast majority of yeah, cases. Yeah, it's like, I'm sure sometimes, um, but yeah. Right, yeah. I mean, there there is the dragon riding bit, but I mean, we don't need to read too much into into that. I mean, Daenerys uh, <laughs> names the biggest one after her husband. Okay. Yeah, yeah okay. All right. All right. Sure. <laughs> You know, catch us on our um, adults-only version of this podcast mm-hmm. um, that I definitely will not name. Uh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I think I think that's right. Again, it's the the fantasy that we've talked about a lot of the the woman or the girl becoming the friend of and being protected by the monster. Um, mm-hmm. And I I do think like there there is a real connection between women and monsters in like the entire history of storytelling um yeah from this idea of them as as helpless maidens um to the idea of them being able to somehow befriend tame or um you know somehow reach the heart of the the dark monster Right, yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, it, it is like this interesting, like the empathy power fantasy or something mm-hmm. of like um, these, and I I think like just the protection, the the reciprocity is something like very. Imp- I I think what's important about the dragon one is that like dragons are big and huge, and they're also your friend. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> That's I, I mean I think uh, I think um I I wish I remembered more. I mean that's on the other hand like the the dragon riders of Pern those stories the dragons are like cat sized, right? Like they're they're pretty I, small. I don't know. How do they ride them if they're cat sized? Oh, you're right. Yeah, I guess maybe they're horse sized. That would make okay. more sense. Yeah, um, I was like oh, you're right. They are called the dragon riders of Pern. <laughs> they were not like um tiny like, you know, Segway hoverboard style like Right. surfing on them um yeah so i don't know and then you get um you get sort of a how to train your dragon style thing which i think is a version of this but it's even more um toothless in terms of sorry that cracked me up um the dragon name toothless in how to train yeah. your dragon but it's a it's a it's a gentler version right of the dragon mm. still like the we get Toothless, who's supposed to be this, like, terrible, frightening species of dragon. But actually, Toothless is an adorable little cat. Cat, yeah. In in dragon form. Um, 
but what's interesting also is in in even in how to train your dragon there's still an evil dragon i don't know if you remember but like there's a giant dragon who's eating all the little dragons something like that yeah Um, yeah there's like um and that was the reason that the dragon the the little dragons were like attacking the vikings was because like the big dragon was like forcing them out or making them right and like demanding sacrifice or something Right, yeah. Um, Very complicated yeah, um, like, dragon society. Uh, yeah, the deep... The, the, the deep. dragon god <laughs> that they had to sacrifice to. Um, but in either case, like, for the most part, the, the lesson, right? The lesson of how to tra- train your dragon is, oh, we made assumptions about the danger of these creatures, but really they're gentle and loving and, you know, they have some ability to be combative but for the most mm-hmm. part they're adorable little pets um but there's also there also have there are also like big evil ones i don't know i mean i think i think that's that's interesting because it's sort of like it's it is having it is both eating and having the cake having <laughs> the cake and eating it it's like we're we want to complicate our relationships to these dragons but also dragons are are also evil but like only if they get too big if they like <laughs> Like the the small ones are the small ones are fine. The horse sized ones are cute and cuddly, and the real big ones are just a pain in the ass. I mean, maybe that's just right though. Maybe that's just right, but I don't know. You don't see that with dogs. Like there is like a definite like. Well, do dogs get the the better? Okay, but but how big does a dog get realistically? (laughs) Okay, I guess I was a lot more of a fan of Daenerys's dragons in season two when they were a little tiny and they were just like. And then they just heat up a little piece of meat. And then as soon as they got big enough to start roasting people alive, I was like, hmm, mm, I have concerns. <laughs> <laughs> um, or even, you know, think about, uh, I don't know how well you remember Harry Potter or if you remember the, um, I think it's in the fourth movie, when um, when they're fighting the dragons, right? That's like one of the, yeah. the um, I say the fourth movie because I think specifically in the movie there's a bit where they pull out little fake tiny versions of the dragons um, <laughs> to decide which dragon they're going to fight. And yeah. they're like these adorable oh, yeah, little right. models of the dragons that move and stuff. You're like, like the oh Ren Fair versions. I wanted. And then you get the big version and you're like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> um, and Harry Potter is interesting because I feel like they never really – I guess it's just they never really, but it never got that deep into dragons. It's like there are dragons yeah. and like they exist and we have some people who like them and some people who like think they're sort of nuanced. But for the most part, they're like wild animals that you leave alone. They're tigers. Like, yeah, people like like Hagrid, like people are like, Hagrid, this is a wild beast. This tiger you are raising will eat your face at some point. And he's like, nah, like it's all, it's gonna be good. And everyone's like, okay, right. Um, and then you get you Hagrid... know, your few people who are like, oh, my job is I am a tiger handler, and so I go handle dra- or handle tigers. And like, right, you know, it's uh, fine. But like, we don't recommend amateurs do it. But then every now and then they're like, hey, school children, you're gonna <laughs> fight a tiger. <laughs> <laughs> Today, in our in our very traditional um, wizard fight, <laughs> you're gonna fight a dragon. Um, you don't have to kill the dragon. You just have to. You just have to get past the tiger. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. What a mess. 
What a mess indeed. Harry Potter. God. Yeah. So, so following up on that, I think, I think what's interesting, I mean, sorry, jumping around now because we're allowed to. Um, You don't have to justify it. It's okay. I know. I just sort of feel like maybe, you know, the, the thread. Anyways. Um, this is something that I'm reminded of is Terry Pratchett's um, dragons, mm-hmm. which are which are actually like, um, it's funny because the majority of them are very small, like, liter- like they are like kind of like cats. They're mm-hmm. like cats. They they can breathe fire, but like as a nuisance, and they're just like kind of gross. Like they just like poop everywhere, and like I don't know. It's it's just like they're like cats, but like inconvenient cats for dumb people. Mm-hmm. Not for dumb people, but like for people with too much money. Uh, and then there is there is one um, there is one notable story where like a real dragon, like an actual dragon, like the house sized, um, intelligent one, comes to a town and just like elects herself king. Um, and it's really interesting. I mean, in that sense of like just saying like. This is what dragons used to be. This is like the true dragon, like that, like could exist in mm-hmm. an era where magic was abundant. Mm-hmm. But like in this now era, we have our like tiny dragons you feed charcoal yeah. and like whatever. So, so I guess I guess in another, I mean, this guy, guess maybe this goes back to like the tiger Shere Khan kind of thing. But um, it it was like kind of drawing a line between like. Conan the Barbarian, high fantasy dragons, and like Ekmore Pork, which is like a industrialized, like pseudo London, mm-hmm. um, like a fake London style place. I mean, technically, that's not exactly, but that's not far off from the the dragon lore in Game of Thrones again, where yeah. they had these mm-hmm. full size dragons that they used for conquest, um, and to force a kingdom or seven into submission and then because the dragons were wild dangerous creatures who would eat children um (laughs) and destroy people's houses and lives they Eh. chained them up right in the dragon pit where Mm -hmm. they grew smaller and smaller until they were you know the size of a dog or whatever um right and so the the sort of last dragons that people know of are, are very small, pathetic creatures. Um, mm-hmm. But there's a lot of complications around this, obviously. I don't know. So if you if you watch season seven, um, in the last episode of the season, you get sort of Daenerys at the dragon pit saying, like, this is how our family was ruined. Like we used to be special because yeah. we had big dragons and now we don't, we <laughs> didn't have big dragons and we're not special. Um, <laughs> and sort of holding this very ominous little skull of a tiny dragon. Yeah. Uh, but you know, at the same time, I think it's Jorah points out like this was for people's safety because you can't have dragons on the loose. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I mean, it was, it was sort of like, no, absolutely. Like, in Game of Thrones, I mean, in Game of Thrones, the fundamental thing is, like, Daenerys is like, hell yeah, these dragons, like, roast people. I love them. And everyone is like, how are you going to feed three giant dragons? Right. Like, how are you, what does the supply chain look like? And, like, and especially, I mean, this is kind of going back to the dragons as, like, the military. In peacetime, what are dragons good for? Um, 
are they and it's funny just feels like it, it's kind of ominous in the sense that like right now we have like well i don't know like we'll just keep these dragons around just in case um <laughs> i mean can you have peacetime if you've got dragons mm-hmm. what kind of peace is that um you know right. if that's how you maintain the peace isn't that right. just uh you know kind of shitty i mean isn't that just sort of a ther- authoritarian rule <laughs> Yeah, I th- I think what's what's interesting with the idea of like George R. R. Martin and what I referenced earlier, Harry Turtleduff, um, that they they are writing these kind of in like they grew up in the Cold War, like mm-hmm. they they were absolute like I think I think like literally every science fiction or fantasy book produced in that era was basically about the Cold War, um, <laughs> for good reason. I mean, it's like yeah. people were staring down um, total nuclear annihilation. Um, every single day and I think like the impulse to kind of figure out what like what that means or how to process that through different lenses came come out comes out often I think like for sure you see that in Game of Thrones Um, or at least like or at least in these of like you're right like what is a rule if a rule can only be maintained by like the threat of dragon fire right Um, and I'm sure we won't hear about Maybe I'm not sure. I doubt we'll hear about Marine um, anymore, ever again. But, you know, there is the question of how is Marine holding up, given that the thing that managed to maintain a tenuous peace at the end was dragon power. Yeah. And now that's gone. She took her dragons away. And the only figurehead leader is a sellsword. Like, how? how, how is that quote-unquote peace you know how is that peace being managed mm-hmm. because i'm pretty sure it's not <laughs> yeah um yeah which i don't know i think is i think is cool i mean this is i think it's cool storytelling i think it's um you know i think there are a lot of people who are very convinced that um you know the dragons are gonna fly in and kill the white walkers and everyone's going to live happily ever after um but to me that just doesn't seem to hold with the ethos of the story in which dragons do represent this huge amount of unchecked power um that doesn't have the ability to build anything it's only the power to destroy um Mm -hmm. and then there's sort of the further level of symbolism wherein the white walkers to some degree represent climate change um and like maybe <laughs> no this is this is true yeah okay okay it's sort of in the sense of it's this creeping coming danger that will kill everyone and everyone's just ignoring it mm-hmm. um and um you know last i checked nuclear weapons were not the um solution to climate change oh yeah i mean i think it's interesting about um i'm just like going from the other context of like nuclear war of like nuclear winter right yeah. like um or, or just looking at it in the sense of um, we have dragons and they don't, haha. And then, like at the end of the last season of Game of Thrones, it's like, oh, they have, they a, dragon have a dragon now. now. Like shit. Like okay, now, like before, it was like we win because we have dragons. We're just gonna clean it up and we won't. We'll like get back to fighting our war. Now that the stakes have escalated, now they have a dragon. It is like. Okay, so this is like mutually assured destruction. Like both sides are gonna start using dragons. And the people caught in the middle, it's like, it's not just dragons that are going to be caught in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. 
and whoever ends up with like the most dragons at the end is gonna win. Um, well, I guess the White Walkers got like the little like. I mean, yeah, I'd ice. be worried if I were John and Daenerys because the, the the Night King took down that dragon real fast, really. Yeah, easy. that's true. Um, he was just like, eh. and and I don't think he's the only one who's wanting to kill dragons because yeah. we've already seen, you know, Cersei and Jaime. Kyvern, right? Kyvern he has a little like their... dragon ballista. Yeah. So <sighs> it's gonna be good. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if if we're talking which dragons I like best in terms of actually like, I'm, I'm I really like Toothless. Toothless is a cute black cat. Oh yeah, for sure. And Toothless uh, is like Drogon's the best a monster. <laughs> Drogon in all forms is a monster. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I think, um, and I just kind of want to finally circle around briefly. Yeah. Um, I just want to talk about uh, video game dragons. Yeah, go for um, it. Where where very much they are like, they, it's kind of still stuck in like the game, uh, not Game of Thrones, <laughs> Lord of the Rings, Rings model where like, they're the intelligent final boss. Mm-hmm. Like you like, they've got flame breath, they got like wings, they got talons. Like you really, you really have to, you know. And you have, like, a sword and magic and, like, or whatever. Like, Dungeons and Dragons have, like, them as the ultimate encounter. We have, like, drag. There's a, there's a series of games called Dragon Age. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard of this. Where int- interestingly enough, um, I'm not sure. I don't think dragons are actually a central part. Like, after you, like, clear the main campaign, you can go around and, like, hunt dragons for their, like, dragon talons and stuff mm-hmm. and make, like, really cool armor out of them. Um, but they're considered, like cool beasts um that you have to like sneak up on while they like strafe you with fire so so in that sense of like, like they are game like hun- the... hunting yeah exactly i was gonna say it's like the most dangerous game yeah. um i think like a lot of i don't know i mean i think video games are and i think monster hunter kind of has this as well where like you have these like living vibrant ecosystems in which like dragons or dragon-like creatures or massive titanic creatures are a central part of them and your inter- mode of interaction is like you know outwitting them it, mm-hmm. like monster hunter is actually like big game hunting for dragons mm-hmm. like you have to like bait them out you have to chase them through the environment you have to like you know ride like you know jump on their head and like club them or something um uh, and, or stuff what about skyrim uh, so- Skyrim. Okay, here's the problem. I have never played Skyrim. Okay. So this is my understanding of Skyrim is based entirely on that video where they oh, mod Thomas in the Thomas the Tank Engine, <laughs> and it's the best. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. So it's incredible. Um. So yeah, that's that's what we could say about Skyrim is that the mod with Thomas the Tank Engine is really funny. But I think I mean in that sense, like it's from from the literal nothing I know where. It is like giants versus dragons. Like there, we have these two like forces of danger. Mm-hmm. Um, that you're kind of you're a kind of tiny human stuck in the middle of. But yeah, and ultimately, what I think is interesting is like of is the casting of dragons as like the ultimate mundane threat. Um, like before we get into divine cos divine or cosmic um, powers, like dragons as far up as you go mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean i think i think that might be it for my um my dragon time how are you i'm how do you th- i'm good I, you're I good on dragon it. time I'm good on dragons i just 
Yeah, I think I've made my my points clear. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. So, I guess we can just start wrapping up. What 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 have you been up to in the past three weeks that we haven't had an episode? Oops. Oops. Uh, yeah. So, um, I've been playing a game called Subnautica. Um, did I mention this last time? Maybe. I don't maybe remember. Not. It's it's like basically you um it's like you crash land on an alien like what like a reef planet like it's mostly water and there's like these gorgeous like coral reefs and like really scary like deep parts of the ocean but basically you're just like trying to build a base and trying to get off of it and trying to solve like this mystery or something um but it's really really pretty like they they really did their work with underwater environments and ecosystems and it's just like really fun to swim around in i finally got off the planet like last week um and i have not been doing much else with my time since then that's fine um i have been um i took my test finally so i've basically been letting myself do whatever the fuck i want um because i'm like i deserve some time off um though i am still in classes and still teaching but i'm not putting my (laughs) best foot forward in either which is fine um i'm actually auditing the class i'm taking so it's not a big deal um oh cool and yeah so i've been watching i watch watching the nanny i don't know if that was true last time that we Uh talked but i got i got the full complete series of the nanny on dvd for (laughs) christmas so we've been watching that um it's really funny because it's like parts of it are really good and parts of it are very um, 1990s racist, and parts okay. of it are very wow. um, wait. Just you've talked about this all before. kinds of references that I cannot understand, like cannot understand, because they're all like pop culture and cultural references from the 70s and 80s, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what that means. Is this the one where um? The dad is like mad that he let Andrew like cats get away yes, from him. This is, this is my okay. favorite running joke in the show, which is that the 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 father in the family is a Broadway producer, and he passed on Cats, and Andrew Lloyd Webber took it, <laughs> and it became a huge success. And he's just incredibly frustrated about this because he's like, "Why? It's not a good show. There was nothing. To, why would it have been good?" And so he hates Andrew Lloyd <laughs> Webber and he hates Cats. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Which yeah, that's. I've already wonderful. told you about how they're making a cats movie, right? And it has Taylor Swift in it. No, what? Oh my god, what? they're making no. a cats what? movie. It has Taylor Swift. It has Idris Elba. It has. What the fuck? Jennifer Hudson. The cast is insane. Look it up. Why is this? Okay. Uh, embarrassing confessional time. I definitely was kind of. I like cats because of like the skin tight cat suits um uh-huh. when i was like really young like i was i was just like wow that's really like interesting in a way i don't know quite yet know how to parse <laughs> um okay but aside from that that i i don't know why i just decided to share that like revelation with y'all but sorry about that uh, i was like what the fuck like idris elba taylor swift yeah, like laura hudson jennifer hudson Jennifer Hudson. Um, yeah, it's it's a weird cast. It's like a good cast is the thing. Ian McKellen, like Ian McKellen. Yeah, it's like a good cast, and yet it's cats. But they're 
like the cat makeup. I know, like, and I'm like, is it just gonna be them in the cat? Ma- are they gonna do some weird ass CGI bullshit where they're all cats and they're just doing voices? Because no way. please God, don't do that. Um, but because I don't the, know. The prim- I don't. I don't know. They're doing a whole entire CG Lion King movie for some unknown reason. So I mean, the whole the whole thing about cats is like it's like Cirque du Soleil. Yeah, it's the costumes like- and the dancing. The music is not good. <laughs> the plot the is non-existent. Is it's cats living There's in a no trash plot. can, and then one of them wants to go to trash heaven. No, it's not trash heaven. It's, it's, trash it's heaven. real heaven. Okay. It's cat heaven. Uh, um, it is weird because you're right. It's like it is the dancing. Okay, I'm. Uh, I feel like the songs are nice. Um, okay, well, I just shot me okay. this like memory is good because it was written to be a song. The rest are a bunch of T. S. Yeah. Eliot poems kind of put to music and like some of them are fun but a lot of them were clearly not meant to be songs that's all i'm saying sure sure i'm not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna contest that some of them are trash um and it's been a long time since i've listened to it i i've i'm like real i'm reeling yeah like i don't know how to process i hadn't told you this already yeah i what am what am i supposed to do with this knowledge molly like what Cats with like with like the best cast this side of Ocean's Eight. Why? Why cats? Why not something where you can see their face? Are they all furries? <laughs> That's fine. Maybe. That's fine. But like maybe. I just like as long as it's them wearing cat makeup, because at least they're attractive. And like yeah, maybe that makes me a little bit of a furry. But <laughs> no, no, but no, absolutely it's so not. So much better I mean, than think... if they're CG cats, right? Like if they're CG cats, that's just. Like, if, oh, no, if CG cats is nonsense. Like, that's literally, like, nonsense. Um, if, like, it was, like, Idris Elba as, like, a lion man, I'd be like, yeah, all right. Yeah. Like, Idris Elba is playing whichever one is the sexy male cat. The, as in, like, the evil one or the sexy one? I don't know. I just remember I looked up which cat he was, and it was like, oh, he's the handsome one who, boo, boo, boo. And I was like, okay. There's, like, Mr. Ma- There's, like, the McCavity, which is, like, the evil one. Might be McCavity, but he might be the other one. He, which, yeah, and and there is I see there's like Tom or something, so I'm just mm, like, oh no, yeah. There there is like a there's a sexy cat, um, sexy male cat, which has a song about how. It's probably um, that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, wow, what a what a trip. Yeah, really look up the cast when you have the chance because it's okay. Boggling, like mind boggling. I am like as someone who has been like the resident like person who like does not hate cats. And soundly ridiculed for it everywhere I go. Like, even I can't process this. <laughs> like, uh, oh my God, speaking of cats, they're um, on Crazy Ex Girlfriend. This is such a tangent, sorry, listeners. But on Crazy Ex Girlfriend, on the maybe not most recent episode, but the one before that, there were a bunch of cats parody songs um, oh that were all about uh, the main character's vagina. <laughs> oh my God. And- so she was having like these weird dreams that were like cats numbers and it was like hungry kitty which was her realizing she was super horny and then there was like itchy kitty which was her realizing she had a yeast infection (laughs) oh my god that is a very odd but funny it was strange uh i enjoyed hungry kitty the best (laughs) (laughs) i um oh i also have been watching the good place and vulcan 99 now that's returned Um, I caught up yesterday on Steven Universe. I'm not caught up on Steven Universe. It's kind of a trip. Um, yeah, so. 
Yeah. And I'm reading a lot of fan fiction instead of reading actual books because fuck actual books. <laughs> yeah, fuck actual books. Where do they get off? Where do they? Um, I say as an English literature PhD student. Screw that. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, that's it. That's it. Thanks for thanks for coming along with us. Yeah. I hope you've had you've learned a lot about uh, dragons. Yeah, and if you're if you are a dragon girl or dragon boy or dragon person, uh, you know that's cool. Cool. Good for that's, you. Honestly. Um, yeah. I can't judge anybody for any obsession ever, and well, <laughs> most obsessions. <laughs> <laughs> you're and, going to reserve a few just in case and uh you know what feel free to let us know if we said some something out of line about dragons um and we didn't mm-hmm. even touch on non-western dragons so oh for sure we didn't even t- talk about like i don't know the thriving yeah the thriving non-western dragon industry <laughs> okay <laughs> um <laughs> Anyway, so let's let's sign off now. Um, thanks for okay. listening. You can follow us on our individual Twitters. I'm at the Molly Jean. That's the M O L Y J E A N N E. Um, and I'm Alice Lai at a um, at Alonculus A L O N K U L O U S. And yeah, I think that's it. All okay, right. Cool. Thanks for listening. Stay. Thanks for listening. Stay hungry. Wow.